what I also think is that it's good to, I think, learn your strengths mm. in, in terms of communication and engaging and find opportunities that work with those strengths instead of going into an environment or a networking environment that doesn't play to those strengths yeah. because then you're going to be more successful as well. You've been listening to Dr Christy Milley, National Manager of PC4, discuss the importance of knowing you're not alone as an ECR. You're listening to Cheers with Peers from the Primary Care Collaborative Cancer Clinical Trials Group, PC4, who support the development of high-quality cancer research in primary care. Welcome to Cheers with Peers, a podcast from PC4 that is the key that unlocks the secrets to succeeding in primary care research. I'm Sabelle Sayer, a PhD student working on targeting bowel cancer screening in primary care. In today's episode, you'll hear from Dr Christy Milley. Christy talks about how to identify your community, peers and organisations, all of which are designed to support you. People say research is a lonesome and sometimes insular endeavour, but in reality, you need to be connected with your own unit and other units in order to broaden your experiences. So how do ECRs do this? Thanks very much for being with us today, Christy. So today we're talking about the importance of community in academia and how we can build that community of support around us. So in your experience, given your role particularly in promoting and bringing together primary care and cancer researchers, can you tell us about the importance of that community in research? Sure. Nice opening question, Sabelle. Thanks. Um, I think that there are two important aspects when you're considering about how you engage with your community. And the first one really is about the level of engagement. And then the second one is about the type of engagement. So when I say level, I'm really meaning the level the, the level of support. So starting at the ground level with your research team, your discipline, your department, and then building up through what's available for you at your research institute or your university, and then moving up again to looking at national organisations that promote or help ECRs, you know, develop their own skills. And then when we're looking at engagement, I think a lot of ECRs think traditionally maybe just looking at, I'm going to join an ECR network. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do. But I think that there are lots of ways that ECRs can engage with their research community in different platforms. So I think firstly, people probably don't think about Twitter as Mm. a way to engage with your community. And there are some great hashtags. So hashtag PhD chat. (laughs) Um, And that's just a place where people like you are sharing their experiences, their trials, their tribulations and their tips as well. And there's a really good uh, Twitter account by Hugh Kearns, who is an academic at Flinders University in South Australia. And his whole account is just dedicated to talking about issues that ECRs probably maybe feel ashamed or scared to talk about. So Mm. mental health issues, the failure that you face all the time, writing grants, the, the reality of what being a researcher is. So his feed is just fabulous that you can join into and engage, write your own comments and talk to other people that are experiencing what you're experiencing. Mm, That's really interesting. I mean, often research is portrayed as this very lonesome endeavour, particularly when you are a PhD student, you might be in a lab day in, day out, and you're kind of just looking in your microscope and that's about it. So, and it's nice to think, I like that you brought up different platforms. It's not the traditional face-to-face. It's, you know, things are different these days and we can do all of this online, virtual, amazing stuff that we couldn't do in the past. So if we go back to that traditional 
networking and, and those ways that we traditionally find support and collaboration. So this is the age-old question of how do we do networking well? Because I know that I struggle with it. So do you have any tips and are you any good at it? I also think I'm terrible. I think I'm really, really bad. I often reflect on that myself, given that I think I'm a really outgoing person and I love meeting people and I love doing things. But when it comes to networking, I often find that artificial environment that we do it in really difficult to overcome. And I'm shy when I wouldn't think I would normally be shy. And I think I'm lucky in that through my career so far, my mentors have been really important in creating more organic opportunities Mm. to network. But even when I'm at one of those artificial events, which would be like a conference and you're milling around at morning tea and you know no one, they're really good at just walking up to people and introducing themselves. And if you're by their side, you know, they introduce you that way as well. And I think that what I've kind of done is surreptitiously in the background watch what they do and I've tried to absorb their skills. And what I've really learned is that you only need a small network to make it work. Once you've made those initial connections you can really get them to kind of do the work for you they'll promote you they'll find you the new connections and it takes away I suppose some of that fear that you would normally have to do in making an initial connection with someone yeah it's like a snowball isn't it it is it is a snowballing effect at the beginning you feel so out of your depth you've got no idea who anybody is or you just know their names from all of these amazing papers you've read yeah and then once you're in just the first couple of people you're at it just goes that's it you can you can make leaps and bounds from there So I would really like to switch things around, Sabelle, since it's my own podcast and I can do what I like. (laughs) I wanted this podcast, when we first started talking about it, not just to be for ECRs to get tips from established researchers. I really wanted it to also be a platform where ECRs give tips for themselves. You're similar to me in that you have a really diverse work background before you came into your PhD. So what are your networking skills? What are your (laughs) tips? I don't like this being flipped around. (laughs) So it's really the stuff that you were speaking about in the beginning there, I think, Christy. If you want the support, it really is out there if you just go and look for it. And I think the things that I have learnt in particular is that it doesn't matter if there is no irrelevant kind of networking or support network to you. you just because it's not in your area, it doesn't that doesn't matter because you go there, you meet different people and everybody, as you say, has really similar experiences. And just knowing that it's on that theme of you're not alone, that your anxieties, everybody is feeling that. So that really gave me the confidence to be able to go to people who are more senior than me. And just because we have the same baseline of we're all curious people, we all want to answer research questions and we all want to do that with the objective of making something better, whatever it is, that's enough. You know, you can just go up there and you don't have to blow this amazing professor's mind in your first meeting. It doesn't matter if you don't have anything amazingly profound to say to somebody who has 20 or 30 years more experience than you. It's all right. Yeah. I think that it's just that confidence of knowing that everybody has a bit of anxiety. That's really it. And it's kind of simple, but it really has helped me. What I also think is that it's good to... I think learn your strengths mm. in, in terms of communication and engaging and find opportunities that work with those strengths instead of going into an environment or a networking environment that doesn't play to those strengths Yeah, because then you're going to be more successful as well. Yeah. And it's knowing what, being okay with knowing what you don't know. Yeah. It is all right not to have all the answers. <laughs> it's all right to ask questions. Some of my, even some of my supervisors 
they ask these questions and sometimes they are stupid questions. <laughs> but that's fine because we're all learning and that's the whole point of research and yeah. the whole point of academia is that you are constantly learning new things all day, every day. On the same note of how on earth can we find these communities and these networks, PC4 is a, a really amazing example of this. And cheers to Cancer Australia for giving you some money <laughs> for this, particularly the, you know, the ECRN, the Early Career Researcher Network. So I just wanted to ask you a bit more about that and maybe you can tell us about what PC4 does for, for ECRs and, and help to help them bring that yeah, community sure. together. Yeah, sure. I'll shamelessly plug us. That's what this whole podcast is for. I think the great thing, we started the Early Career Researcher Network last year in 2017 because a big part of what PC4 does is about building capacity in cancer and primary care research. And we're really lacking a lot of early career researchers and we're really wanting to build their careers up because we need more of them and so I think we've really embedded into both our operational processes and our support services a lot of mechanisms that allow early career researchers to engage with PC4 but also with more senior researchers so we have on our scientific committee we have a minimum number of early career researchers that sit on it we have a dedicated early career researcher sessions at our PC4 conference so they get an opportunity to present their research and the conference itself, we're also trying to build in opportunities for them to engage with our PC4 senior members. So researchers, like you said, that they've probably been reading their papers, mm. they know all about them, but they've never had the confidence to go up and talk to them. So we're trying to really improve that for them as well. And then I think finally our training award, which is, it's only a small amount of money, but it's specifically tailored towards early career researchers to give them an opportunity to undertake a pilot study or uh, a small study that'll help get them some track record. And the other thing around the training awards and our early career research network is that we're also working towards uh, building a database where people can share what systematic reviews or reviews that they're undertaking at the moment that they can work on with other ECRs so that they can build their track record together. And I think that's pretty much everything that we do. I feel really happy with what we've kind of started with with ECR so far. Yeah, so do I. And I, I particularly love the fact that it's this kind of top down, you know, bottom up, that it's hard to get involved in those senior conversations and, and PC4 really facilitates that and it's one of their missions really to try and get EC, ECRs involved and develop. A hundred percent. Definitely in primary care where we have a lot of senior academics that are progressing towards retirement and mm. we haven't yet really built up that base of new researchers to take over their positions when they go. So we're really working hard to give ECRs those opportunities to move up in their career development. Yeah. Maybe me someday. Who knows? Well, hopefully. <laughs> now you're a podcaster. Why not? All right. So the last question that we ask everybody is about your podcast, your favourite new podcast, what you've been listening to lately. So do you have one? No, I never jumped on the <laughs> podcast bandwagon. I feel terrible. I feel like... Saying a, that in the studio. <laughs> I love Twitter, but I haven't done podcasts. So what could you recommend to me? Oh, okay. So I've been listening to a couple of ABC podcasts lately. So obviously they do a whole heap of different ones. There's one called Bang On, which is Miff Warhurst and Zan Rowe. And they just talk about a few different... They bang on about a few different things every week. And they've ABC also have got a couple of... Uh, good true crime ones. I haven't, don't think I've recommended a true crime one yet, but it's all the rage, this weird morbid fascination we have about them. And they they do, you know, obviously Australian stories. So there's one called Unravel and there's one called Trace. They're both really good if you're interested in true crime at all. Well, I know that most of our office at PC4 is obsessed with true crime, <laughs> so I should probably listen to that. <laughs> good idea. 
Thanks very much for being with us today, Christy. So this is Cheers with Piers, so cheers to you. Thanks, Avel. That was Dr Christy Milley. Thank you for listening. Next time we talk to Patsy Yates and Ray Chan about pathways for nurse-led research. Thank you for listening to Cheers with Peers, produced by PC4. Do let us know what you think about this episode by emailing info at pc4tg.com.au or keep in touch via Twitter, where you'll find us at PC4TG. Don't forget to visit PC4's website, pc4tg.com.au.